Um, just for maybe a few who don't know, my wife Jackie, why don't you raise your hand, stand up, there we go. And we have two of our three daughters here, Jamie and Elise, and friends, hiking friends from, <laughs> yeah, who are here also from out of town. Um, once again, just great to be here with you. You guys have been supporting us in our ministry uh, in Indonesia for years. And to, this morning, just kind of a celebration of what God has done through all of us as we've reached out together uh, to the ends of the earth, literally. Uh, first of all, I want you to just see all the smiles up here. You're helping bring smiles, happiness to the world. Many of these people, their languages are forgotten by the world. This is not hot topics of the internet and such, but they're languages that people speak. There are still millions of people without the Bible in their own language, but you're helping deal with that. And it's very exciting to see people reading the Bible for the first time. Sometimes there's laughter, uh, smiles, tears, uh, all sorts of responses. It's a, it's a great thing to observe. <clears throat> so I'm going to walk you through some pictures here. I'm going to have to turn around so I can see some of these. We just came back from 12 months on the field. Uh, so that's, that all these pictures are just going to be from the last uh, year or so. So um, three times a year we have training where we have all, all the translators come in. And uh, there's 10 different translation teams. And uh, they get training in how to use the software, how to manage their key terms in their Bible translation. We go through a checking time. Okay, next. Um, this is what it is. We have the big session and then we split up into smaller groups and we do uh, the work together. Okay, next. Uh, this is, uh, there's a pretty formal ceremony that starts each week. And at the end of the week, we do the same thing. You see us all dressed up here. Outside of that, then it's back to t-shirts and get down to work and all. Okay. This here is a check. So after they, we get training and all that, they go back to their villages, wherever they live, some are in cities, and they start translating. And there's lots of steps you go through when you draft and you get these translations all ready to have a check. And this is a check going on. This is for the Sawai team. Okay, next. Oh, you're already there, sorry. Uh, this is a Buli team. And I want to mention this. This is often what happens during a check. Here, are, here we are, just a bunch of guys doing this check, and there's a lot of questions. Who did what to whom, and who is they, and what did they do, and what was the response? <clears throat> well, the guy on the right there, he's reading, and he just starts crying. And it's a little bit awkward. Everybody looks around like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> and so the other guy just picks up, and he kept reading. So uh, later on, I asked him, I said, what was going on, uh, you know? What happened? And he said, you know, when I hear this in the national language, okay, I kind of get what's going on. But when it's in my language, it's like everybody walks into my life and it becomes real. And it just, it's an, it's an emotional thing when you're hearing God's word in your own language for the first time. So way to put smiles on people's faces. Okay. This is another check going on. This is a team that Jackie is the facilitator for, uh, North Maluku Mele. They just uh, dedicated the New Testament about two years ago, doing the check there. And I have high hopes that a lot of the women on this team, boy, a lot of the women have just come to the top in Indonesia. But we're just hopeful that a lot of them will become uh, consultants here in the near future. Okay? Ah, something we didn't plan on. 
You know that Jackie is an English teacher here in Eugene with Lane Community College. Uh, we happen to live on a university campus, the University of Halmahera. And so, um, you know, we'd been there a few terms and they said, hey, you guys speak English, right? <laughs> well, a little bit. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, they asked us to teach five classes. Jackie taught three, I taught two, but she really taught them all because she did all the lesson plans. I just walked to the front and started talking. So anyway, it was fun, it was great, but what it was is it led us to some students because we, in all the Bible translation work, we really focus a lot on what we call scripture engagement. We want to get them reading the Bible. So let's go to, oh, I guess we have one more slide here. Oh, Jackie has some great fun things to get the kids there. They all get a question and you, then you have to ask that question to somebody and get a response. And now remember, English is their second, maybe third or fourth language, right? So they're just stumbling along, uh, what is your name? And where are you from? And things like that. And then they have to answer all those questions. So that's a lot of fun. Okay, next. So what we're hoping is we run into, God leads us to people who are, I should say students, who are on top of things. They're there for, they're spiritually motivated to be there. And then we get in a circle and we do what you do as a normal thing. We do something what we call a discovery Bible study. You put the word of God in your hands, in your lap, and you start reading it. We usually go around in a circle and we do it two, two different times. And then we do something that is very foreign to them. We just ask discuss, discussion questions. What do, you, what, do you see, what do you hear God saying to us? What do you learn about man? If this is a word of God, what do you need to change in your life? And who needs to hear this Bible story? And then we, we really discuss it. And it's beautiful to hear these students open up. It's a brand new thing for them. Typically, the Bible for them is for a few minutes in church, somebody reads it from the front. And then for a few minutes, the pastor will stay on topic and then kind of drift off and do talk about other things. But now, they're trying to figure out, what is God saying to me? And uh, this next slide, please. The cool thing about this is very simple. And we're going to learn from our Bible passage. Jesus' way was very simple. You didn't have to be a theologian. In fact, Jesus chose the simple people of the world. The average person. And as we were going around, I was asking, uh, so we've done this a few times. They went home for Christmas break and came back. And I said, was anybody able to start uh, one of these discovery Bible studies in your village? And they said, no, not yet. You know, not yet. And then the girl on the left, Angel, just happens to be an angel, uh, she said, well, you didn't ask if anybody started one here in town. And I said, oh, okay, well, did anybody start one here in town? And she said, yes, I did, in my dormitory. And that's what we're hoping is get people in the word, the transformative word, learn about their savior, and make a decision to follow Christ. It's, it's very simple. And we're going to get to some of that here in a minute. So next slide, please. We serve the church. This, this church is not always decorated this way. This is just right after Christmas. But uh, we serve the church. Uh, we want to get them using the word, reading the word. Okay, next. After each time I speak uh, at a church, we always have Bible sales afterwards. And it's not to make any money. It's just for a little bit of getting that printing cost back. So here we are selling scripture. Okay. And the Bible apps. Many of you use uh, the Bible app call. It's by uh, Uversion. I think it's got like 2 billion users, some crazy number. Uh, we have eight New Testaments from our work on there. I shouldn't say our work, it's their work. 
that we're helping them do. And, and the cool thing is you can push that little speaker, right? And it talks to you. And that is great for an oral society. If, you're, if you don't major in reading, um, allowing your phone to talk to you or tablet or whatever you have is a, an incredible thing. Okay? Ah, the radio, the Christian radio station was going through a renovation. So this was the recording studio, <laughs> a bamboo couch. <laughs> and and uh, so for an hour and 45 minutes, we talked. And this was beautiful. Just, sell it, just talking about the simplicity of God's word, knowing God. I talked about family devotions. That was one thing that was hot on their topic. You know, how do you do something like that? And I just said, uh, you know, dad read, read to the kids when they were having breakfast at the breakfast table. And uh, ways of just reading together, hearing God's word, and talking about in James 1 where it talks about the word of God is able to save you. It's not just like a newspaper or a novel. It is about our Savior. The whole story is about our Savior. Okay, next. Uh, this is some training we got. Uh, oh, lots of training going on now. We're in... North Sulawesi, we had already started a translation center and it's now it's all run by Indonesians. We go there on occasion. They're doing it all. We're trying to do the same thing in North Maluku now. It's a little, we're kind of getting going. <laughs> we have some work to do yet. But anyway, this is one of our training sessions here. Okay. Oh, what happens when you pray for the whistlers in Indonesia? God does amazing things. We, we have a little scooter. It's 150 cc's if you know anything about motors. It's a little more than a lawnmower, but not much. So uh, we're out, we're having dinner out, and it starts to pour. I mean, not just a little tiny Eugene kind of dreary day. I mean, it's raining hard. So I say, okay, I'll go home on the motorbike. I'm going to get soaked. No matter what, we got to get the motorbike home. And so I say to Jackie, why don't you hop on the little, it's a three-wheel taxi job, whatever you call that. And uh, almost always, people from the majority religion are driving. Almost always, except for this one time, because you guys were praying. And God was doing something very unique. This guy here is probably one of two people out of over a million people who is there to reach out to the unreached people groups, those who don't have a presentation of the gospel. So I got home a little early and I'm soaking wet can't really tell in the picture but anyway uh, so um, Jackie says I think you need to come talk to this guy so Jackie had been talking to him the whole way and he's there reaching out to these people and he wants to find other people who are like-minded so next slide please it led to this the first prayer group meeting for this one people group that has no believers and let me say, when we went there, when we went to Indonesia in 1987, by the way, Rob, it's been over three decades, <laughs> a long time. Um, we tried to find people reaching out to the unreached peoples, to those who had no presentation of the gospel. They don't know what the gospel is. They've heard of Jesus. Yeah, okay, Christianity, we know they're over there and we're over here and that's the way it is. Now there are people. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. It is happening. These people are committed to it and it's a beautiful thing to hear them pray. Okay, next slide. Oh, I guess I didn't get to show them all. There they are. <laughs> this is a heavenly prayer group. <laughs> okay, next please. Okay, this is this last slide here. This is just a reminder that we have opportunity all the time. 
to sit down. And it's nice. It's, it's funny. It's the older you get, kind of the more respect and whatever. They just, oh, come on and sit down. And you can have a talk. And it's a beautiful thing to install the Bible on people's phones or to have a Bible and start reading. Just get reading. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So, okay. Let's go to a, the next is a blank. And I'm going to give a little preamble here. About 10 or so years ago, even though we were already aware of it, we were kind of smacked in the face by it. It's possible to spend 10, 15, maybe 20 years translating a Bible and have very few readers. So, if you're in a country where the majority are not of your faith, how are you going to get readers? And this was not just Jackie and I who are asking this question. Many people, do you know what the 1040 window is? It's 10 degrees above the equator, 4 degrees above the equator, West Africa and East Asia. That box there is called the 1040 window. Some of the least evangelized areas of the world. It's the home to Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam and other religions or Mixed in there too. So as some who were there uh, church planning, the precious few who were doing that in the 1040 window, they were asking the same question. What has to change? Most were using kind of the traditional church model. You know, you build a building, you send people off to school, they get schooled, come back and you say, hey, we're open for business. And you know what? People are not banging on the door saying, oh, hey, by the way, we'd love to come in. <laughs> so a lot of people went back to the scriptures and said, what is the basics of the gospel? What was Jesus' method to do this? So that's what we're going to look at today. Hopefully at least get to some of that. So let's look at this. Okay, disciple-making movements. That, that is not really a new term. That's a term that looks back at the ancient way that Jesus and the early church looked at reaching out. In the 1990s, a very small number of those following Jesus were planting churches in the 1040 window and a few church planters were increasingly frustrated with the practices of modern-day church planting. Disastrous results in David Watson. David Watson was a church planter somewhere in Asia and uh, some of the people he was training were killed. He was done. He was ready. I, I forget if he had his plane tickets purchased. He was ready to go back to the U.S., over and he just felt that little small voice inside saying go back to the bible look at jesus's way it's kind of like uh, uh campbell and stone movement that we're in here go back to the bible you can get lost in all these rules regulations denominations uh liturgies and confessions of just go back start reading and a beautiful thing started to happen Remedy, reread. Okay, go back just a second. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, anyway, the remedy was read it. It's right there. And what did Jesus do? Jesus was very good at implementing if, if the evangelism and discipleship practices of Jesus and the early church. Jesus was very good at coming to somebody and saying the magic word, two words. Follow me. They would follow him. And he would say things like, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. 
And we sing little songs about that, but we forget he was already looking that Peter wouldn't become a great evaluator of sermons or, you know, something that without saying it would kind of make people into. He was going to have them looking outside. Who are the people in your network? Who's in your neighborhood? Fishing for men is just going out and, hey, how you doing? And we're going to see an example here. Let's go to the next slide, please. Okay, these are some of the basics of disciple-making movements before we get into scripture here this morning. Gather anywhere, mainly in homes, typically no church buildings, which is a positive thing because if you're in an area that might be hostile, there's no target to defame or burn down. Uh, Two, training of all people. How to share good news. And good news is not difficult. It's just good news. We'll get into that in just a second here. Uh, three discovery groups. We're going to look at that in just a minute. Uh, discovery Bible studies. Reading bi- the Bible and asking questions to stimulate discussion. And four, leadership training for home churches and leaders and area coordinators. Okay, let's keep going. Ah. The book on the left is on our table out there. It's, it's about David Watson and his journey of disaster and letting God redirect him and how in his ministry literally hundreds of thousands have come to Christ through the simplified method of Jesus going out, sharing good news, and seeing people make commitments of Christ to Christ. So anyway, these are a bunch of books. They're all on Amazon. If you want to take a picture of it or talk about it later, we can do that. Okay, let's go on to the next one here. Okay, you know what? I think we're going to keep going here. Let, let's go on to the next one here. Okay, uh, Discovery Bible Study. That's what um, we're going to get to here. You can start turning to Luke 10. Discovery Bible Study is a simple method of reading the Bible to discover what God is saying and to create an obedience-based culture within these groups. We are helping to impart a skill that will help the believer to read the word on his or her own with friends, spouse, and or family or friends. It's creating that culture of reading and obeying God's word in the home, on the beach, in the garden, wherever you might be, okay? And it's four simple questions I kind of hit on earlier. Question number one, what does this story tell you about God? Number two, what does this story tell you about people? If this is really God's word... What changes would you have to make in your life? Wow. And it's great to write down some answers and be next week be held accountable to, hey, what'd you get? How's it going? And number four, who are you going to tell these stories, this story to? Who are you going to tell this story to? Okay. Okay, great. Okay, let's go to the next slide. And the next one. Let's, let's read Luke 10, 1 through 12 together. I'll read it from here. Jesus sends out the 72. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, Okay. 
When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when the king of town and are not welcomed, go into his streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Okay. <laughs> Great idea to read it together. <laughs> okay. This passage has become somewhat of a life-changing passage for us. In Luke 9, Jesus has just sent out the 12. They went out and they came back and they were amazed. The demons submitted to them, all the things that happened. And you know the story, Jesus said, don't get too over the top on that. Rejoice that your names are in the book of life and that you are part of the equation of what God is doing. And so now the 70. And first of all, where do the 70 come from? Well, if we know anything from the 12, they're probably the average people hanging out, following Jesus around, getting accustomed to his ways, uh, how he does things. And he says, go out and they say, oh yeah, that's kind of what we've been doing. How, how many of you have watched The Chosen? The series of Jesus and all? I know there's a few things in there that people wonder about, but I love the story in the sense that you get Jesus walking on the street. Somebody, hey, Jesus, son of Nazareth, have mercy on me. Stop, pray, minister to people. Goes up to the north, the Samaritans there, then on to Galilee. And you get to see him going through the wheat fields, hanging out by the, you know, the, the Sea of Galilee and other places. Uh, gets into homes. Now, most likely, these 70 have seen all this. So when he, he says, I'm sending you out, oh, yeah, of course. Just like we were doing going up to Samaria, going down to Jericho or wherever they were going, this would have been a norm that he had set there. A mobile ministry team. How many times in our churches do we hear about our mobile ministry teams? We're going to Walmart. We're going down to the park. Well, actually, we do have quite a bit of that. Richie and the gang going out to find out where people are hungry and provide food. A great application of Jesus' way of living to just get out among people. And first of all, when he's starting out and he's telling them what they're going to do, before they go anywhere, pray. Pray for more teammates. And of course, he uses the metaphor, the harvest. You need more laborers. More teammates. 
And it's because of your prayers, our prayers together, we have a lot more teammates in Indonesia now. It's happening. There are unreached people groups. We're hearing stories of visions and dreams. People coming to Christ where we thought, wow, didn't know how that was ever going to happen. And it is. It's amazing what's going on. So, before we go, pray. Let's keep praying for more people here in Eugene, in Springfield, Oregon, U.S., around the world, Indonesia. We could use hundreds more uh, in, in ministry everywhere. Now, verse 3 is an interesting verse. I send you out as lambs among wolves. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> there are wolves out there. Well, think about that just for a second. A lamb's mouth, uh, you know, a lamb's mouth opens up about that much. And a wolf, yeah, it's a little different. What, what's the only hope of a lamb? The shepherd. Without saying it, he's talking about lordship. This is going to be hard. You're going to look at them and say, there are wolves out there. Hang on to the shepherd. Cling. Allow that lordship with Jesus to be your steadying force. Sometimes I know we shrink back. Oh, wow. What if they say this? What if they say that? Cling to your shepherd. He is the one sending. It's a beautiful thing that's happening. As God reaches out to the nations. In fact, yesterday, right there in the parking lot in uh, Camp Harlow where we're renting, somebody all excited about what God was doing all around the world. He was learning about missions and, okay, cool. That's God at work. Keep praying to raise up more laborers. And verse 4. Another thing you don't learn in Boy Scouts. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals. Wow. Do not greet anyone along the way. Dependency. Where you're going, we're learning the lesson, you're going to be dependent. You get to eat fish and rice and sago <laughs> or whatever it might be. That's what you get to eat. And did you notice here in the text, it's twice? If you don't get it the first time, trying to say, sit down and eat. Okay. <laughs> And if you're not sure what it is, just pray it goes down and stays down there. <laughs> okay, now remember, we're talking fishermen and, you know, just average people. When you enter a house, house? Did anybody say anything about a house? Oh yeah, Jesus' method. Peter's mother-in-law, okay. Jairus' house, yeah. Other homes they went into. Okay, if you're leading, okay, here we go. Let's see what happens when you get into a house. First say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. So a response was required for the transmission of the gospel to happen here. Yeah, some of your translations might read this a little different. This, my translation says, if anyone who promotes peace is there, it, it, the, the actual wording in the, in the Greek here is peace child. 
a son of peace. It might be translated son of peace. In, in, in the scriptures we have like sons of thunder, son of encouragement, sons of the devil, son of God, son of man. Meant the nature of having that uh, within you. Peace. They're open, they're friendly, they're kind, they're engaging. They're taking in what you're saying. You know, sometimes you can feel, oh, there was a connection. We just talked a few minutes and wow, that's that person of peace. Sometimes we call this pop, person of peace. Are there pops in your life? Should we be praying for more pops? Maybe in your neighborhood, your network of friends? Is God preparing somebody beforehand? And you can sense that, oh wow, this is really working. You know, what was his name last night? Um, Evan, yeah. We had a 20 minute conversation with a total stranger. A person of peace. God is raising up persons of peace all over the world. I love interviewing people that get dreams of Jesus appearing to them. It's a great thing. You know, you kind of go, ooh, ooh, be careful. Don't say this too fast, you know. God moving in a special way. You know, the book of Daniel, the book of Acts, the book, book of Revelation coming again as we pray specific ways for more teammates, more laborers, praying for persons of peace and praying that God would use us in these opportunities to share good news. So when we get there, eat what they have. They are allowing, allow them to participate with us. You know, sometimes we've been blessed by people that have much less than we do. Sit down and have a meal. And I remember one time, I, boy, I spoke at this very small church, maybe 50 people, talking about Bible translation. You know, it was a church that was in progress, the building, they were in progress to make a dirt floor, uh, just not much. After I had finished spoken, I'd, I'd gone back to the place where I was staying, and they came in at 100,000 roofs, so that's about, maybe, that's about $7. And I was just like, oh no, I can't take this. Please, just don't. Just anything. Feed me? Okay. <laughs> don't give me money. They said, we want to have a part in this. Okay. I felt like I was 500 pounds taking this money. I didn't want to take it. But that was their way of saying, we believe in this. Okay. Okay, we do too. <laughs> so let's do this together. Jesus' way. A special way of getting out in the community. Find that person of peace. If you don't find them, move on. That's a little hard for us. You know, we're Oregonians, right? We say, have a good day. And we say all these nice things, right? But if somebody's not open to the gospel, move on. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's his way. If we looked at the rest of this here, this would take a very long time to go through. It's a beautiful passage. I do want to call attention to chapter 13. We didn't get to it in our reading, but just want to look at this. Woe to you, Chorazim. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. 
the point of Jesus' ministry, his miracles, what he was doing is trying to bring people to repentance. You remember the stories of the lost coin, you know, sweeping the house. Where is that lost coin? I can't find. You find the coin, and what happens? He, re he equates it to, and all heaven will rejoice when one sinner repents, when one sinner turns. And the lost sheep. It's fun talking about sheep with Indonesians because they don't have any idea what a sheep is. And I say, hey, we got sheep in Oregon. <laughs> Same thing. There is a lost sheep and Jesus does the unthinkable. Leaving 99. Why would you leave 99? You know, have, hasn't he ever heard of, you know, cut your losses. Okay, you lost one. Okay, let's move on. He's showing the intense yearning for the lost. Amazing. Oh, he would leave the others and go find that one. Why? Because all heaven will rejoice when one sinner turns. That's the whole goal of why we do Bible translation together. Why we do all of this stuff when one sinner turns. Two, three, ten. And they're turning in places that we can't even tell you right now. It's so awesome. And it's cool to have teammates who were there saying, hey, let's, let's get together and pray about it. We just did a Zoom three days ago. They were requesting it, those precious people you saw. They're thinking, wow, there's other people involved in this too. Let's do this together. When one sinner turns. <clears throat> okay, let's shuffle the papers here. Here we go. Jesus' ministry, not tough. His two golden words, Follow me. You know, people will say, what do I need to do to get into heaven? And you just say, sorry, wrong question. What do you need to, be, what do, you need to do to be a child of the king? Follow Jesus. Now, tomorrow, the next day, get into a group so you can do it together. Follow Jesus. It is the greatest thing you'll ever experience. Is it hard at times? Yes. Yes, it is. But it's glorious. And you can be part of a team. The, the cool thing in all of this is when people are coming to Christ through these very simple methods, in their homes, you start a new group. Now, I, I should back up and say, sometimes if you're getting somebody into a church building, I mean, if, if their background, if that's their background, that's okay. If that's not their background, that can be very problematic. So where do you, to use the cliche, plant the church in their home? Where it started, where the seed sprouted, let it grow. They can invite their friends and they can invite their family in and do the same thing. Let's open up the word. Let's see what, what is God saying to us? What is God saying about man? If this is a word of God, what do I need to change in my life? And who needs to hear this? And it's a very informal thing and people are hearing the word of God and literally thousands are coming to faith because of this very simple ancient method of Jesus. Then, they become a member of the mobile ministry team. Walking around. And in some of these books that I showed up earlier, one is called Stubborn Perseverance. If you ever want to read a simple book about how God is reaching the nations, the hero of the story sells honey. <laughs> 
in bottles. You know, you guys, you guys have heard them. And madu, 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 you know, they walk around and they sell honey. Another one, a hero, is uh, uh, he works in the open market. Selling fish, vegetables, whatever it might be. But they have contacts. And they say things like, oh, I used to have this and that trouble, but, you know, things have changed. What has changed? You know, and the conversation, you know, gets to spiritual things. Well, I'm reading about, you know, I, I read about the stories of the prophets. And this one prophet changed my life. Who's the, what are you talking about? Well, let's study. Let's get together. Here I think we use the term creation to Christ. They use the term stories of the prophets because it's more, we had, did you know we have 23 prophets in common with a majority faith over there? We have a lot in common. They a lot of times don't know what the prophets said or what they did. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on, David, Solomon, and there's Jesus. They love hearing the stories of Jesus. Jesus has the power over death, power over sin, power over the demons and on and on. It's like, whoa, I like this. I like what's going on. And that's what we want to do, not compare, contrast. We do this and you do that. And No, present Jesus. And there'll be a person of peace there. There might be five who are not and you say, nice to meet you. <laughs> but you find that person of peace and you say, let's do this person of peace and then being in in community in the home wherever wherever it is that God leads you to that place is to find that community of people where you do life together where you're a mobile ministry team together and you're reaching out and um, I pray that as uh, as we hear God's word we'll see that we can be a part of praying for more laborers praying for those persons of peace and allow God to do his thing and share good news with the people that God sends our way. Let's pray. Lord, you are amazing. Thank, thank you for the simplicity of your word, your ministry. Help us, Lord, to practice what you have uh, given us as an example and we pray for many thousands and thousands more of new teammates here and around the world. We pray for persons of peace in our neighborhoods here and around the world that we might be a part of what you're doing to bring the kingdom of God amongst our people. Thank you, Lord. Amen.